The following is a teaching message from the chapel in Tiatatu. For more information about the chapel, please visit www.thechapel.org.nz. Well, isn't it important to remember that um, giving and receiving gifts is all part of Christmas, but the most amazing gift is, is the fact is the gift of Jesus. And sometimes... I think we look at gifts that we're given and going, what was the person thinking? Or we go, oh, I'm not sure that I would actually use that. Then we find we use it more than what we thought we did. Because when the giver gives a gift, it's got thought that goes into that. I wonder if you've thought this morning what the thought was behind God's big plan of giving his son Jesus. That gift cost him everything so we could have something. And so he knows not just what we want, but what we need. And today we get to lean in to hear from the scripture the fact that God gave us something that we need, uh, more than what we even realize. And he gets great joy from seeing us celebrate, to celebrate him today. So we're going to sing a couple more carols. I wonder how many of you love to have fun? So if I said to you, do you love to have fun? Put your hand up if you love to have fun. Okay. Now, I think what's going on in your brains, if I'm right, is we'll define what fun is like. <laughs> right? Because what I might think is fun, you might not think is fun. I learned that pretty early on in our marriage, actually, um, what I'd consider fun... <laughs> was not always what Brian considered fun and vice versa, but that's okay. You see, fun is very personal, but we are created to have fun. We are created to laugh. You know, they say that a four-year-old will laugh about 300 times a day. Okay, it's probably because they've done something naughty. For their... No, they will laugh about 300 times a day. How many times do you think... A 40-year-old will laugh. A lot less? 10? More? Less? Four times. Four times in a day a 40-year-old will laugh. Unless you're Tasha. And then you go from 300 to 3,000 by the time you're 40. Could you just laugh all the time? Uh, but, but the reality is, the older we get, the less we laugh. Is that because we actually don't need to laugh? I actually think it's because we forget to laugh. We forget to have fun. We forget that that does something for us. But what we want to talk about today is not just that fun factor, but to drop it down into something that's far more foundational, and that's joy. Joy is so foundational to us. It unlocks purpose for us. It changes our position. It changes the way we see the world. It changes the way we see ourselves. Because here's the thing. Fun is personal. Happiness is situational or circumstantial. Joy is foundational. And joy comes from God. We can choose joy even though it's a tough situation. We can choose joy. It's a place that we 
position ourselves. C.S. Lewis calls joy as the serious business of heaven, as the fact that there is joy in heaven, and we want to bring heaven on earth here. Well, it's no surprise that joy features so strongly in the Christmas narrative. You know, you sort of think joy to the world. Um, Joy is, is a word that's used actually at this time of the year a lot, even by people that don't understand the foundation of joy. But there is joy in God's presence. You see, people form a picture of, of joy, of what they expect. You see, God didn't wake up one day and say suddenly, Oh, Jesus, I'm sending you to earth today. It's part of my big plan, I'm just telling you now. No, he gave little hints all the way through history. This is going to happen. I've got a plan. I can see the mess the world is in. I can see the trajectory that you're going in this world. And you need someone. You need Jesus. But at the right time. So he would actually get prophets to prophesy that this would happen. This would happen. People were looking for it. But not everyone saw the fact that Jesus had come. They were looking for a Messiah, but a Messiah that had a different look to what Jesus had. Because you see, we come expecting with our framework of expectations and our framework of experience. So we say, yes, joy to the world. But if it's joy to the world, it should look like no wars, no one should be hungry, we should be doing all of these things. No one, there'd be no ram raids, there'd be no murders in our backyard. There would be none of this if God truly loved us and God truly sent someone to save the world. See, that's the lens that we look through. But what say the Saviour did come? What say that was that night that changed the world? Because I believe with all my heart it did. But we've got to position ourselves to see things differently. You know, you can imagine that when we sort of say how we think things ought to be, that we are just putting God's big idea into our framework, very small, very limited understanding. But God has the full picture and the full love. Our world is still a mess. We are still needing a saviour. But we're positioning ourselves in a different place and we're missing the fact that God has already sent Jesus. Our world's in a mess, but we have something now because Jesus came. We have hope. And hope changes things for us. We see if God, sorry, Jesus didn't leave the riches of heaven to come and be with us just for our happiness. He came to give us joy and to make our joy complete because he knows that happiness is like those toys that end up in landfill, broken, not played with anymore, just a distant memory. But joy is consistent and joy lasts See, in the Bible itself, joy or rejoice is mentioned about 430 times compared to happiness, which is about 10 times. So God is so much more concerned about our joy. Now, I've just got this little pipe, see? Every every illustration has its limits. But I was just thinking, you know, if joy, God gives us joy and he sends it to us, all right, and joy comes, then we can go and position ourselves to receive joy. Now, if we weren't looking, 
let's say uh, we can have, you know, arms folded. Ailey, I'm just going to choose you. Can you just fold your arms and, and look totally disinterested? I could give you joy. It could come from God to you and you don't even notice it's come. <laughs> All right, or you go and play over that side. So you, thank you, Annie. So you're saying, I don't actually want to receive God's joy. Or I'm looking over here and God's going, but it's here. Listen and look and learn. Come, position yourself. Positioning yourself for joy. When I sort of read the Christmas narrative, you know, you hear Mary as a young woman told she's going to have a baby, but it's going to be the, you know, a whole different scenario. You're engaged. All of the drama around this, she could have chosen stress and go, oh no, this is not for me and run. But she chose joy and she said, as you say, let it be. She deliberately chose. So it's like she actually found this is where God's joy is. I don't understand all of this, but I'm going to be joyful. Imagine though a young couple in that sort of situation, unexplained pregnancy from people's perception, they would have to make that choice for joy, right? Joy, riding on a donkey, almost full term. Anyone that's given birth will actually understand how wrong that should have been. <laughs> you don't go on a donkey and be... But again, they, Mary and Joseph chose joy. They did as they were asked to do. They chose joy. Joy doesn't always mean happiness, right? But it does mean fulfilment. We had every reason not to be happy, let alone the accommodation for their holiday. <laughs> okay, not so much a holiday. But you wouldn't pick that, but you wouldn't miss what happened. So here's my point. Sometimes we see our pain and we go, we shouldn't have that. If God loved me, that wouldn't be my case. But what say if there was joy in amongst that pain? Because often joy is connected closely to pain because we realize that God is present and that God is with us and he holds us. But we have to choose joy. We position ourselves to receive joy. The shepherds, they received joy. They were doing their own thing <laughs> and then the angel said to them, now, there's something amazing that's happened. The shepherds, we read in scripture, were overjoyed, okay, that they had this, um, this good news, they have great joy for all people. So what did they do? They went to find that joy. They didn't just say, oh, thanks, angels, for giving us the message. We'll pass it on, put it on our local feed or whatever. Um, no, no, they went to see for themselves. That's positioning for joy. That's choosing joy. The wise men received joy in a different way. They saw a star and they were filled with joy. They'd been looking for something and suddenly it was like, oh my goodness, is this it? Is this the very thing that God was wanting us to see? Is this the Messiah? Rather than sitting there and going, well, we'll just see if there are any other options coming up, they actually followed. And we know that it was a couple of years before they arrived and saw Jesus. But again, they positioned themselves in that place. There was a difference when I came to look at Herod. Now Herod was a really mean character. He was ruthless. 
He wasn't interested in anyone's joy but his own. It was all about him. But when he heard the news, he wanted the wise men to go and find out for him. Again, there's joy, something big's happening, go find out for me. Now we know that he had a very sinister side and the fact that he'd even killed his own sons, so he had no problem in going killing all the boys in Bethlehem under two. But he didn't move from his position. So he missed the fact that even around his circumstances, but he missed the fact that God had given a gift of joy because he was so absorbed in his own thinking. And I think this is where we find people are today. So absorbed in their own way of thinking, their own lens, they forget that there is joy, that there is something that has changed because Jesus came. So here's the thing for joy. To position ourselves for joy, we've got to train for it. We've got to train our heart to be joyful. Rather than think, oh my goodness, even look at the weather report, hey, 20% chance of rain. Why don't we say there's an 80% chance of sunshine? No, we go for the negative. <laughs> now, there's probably nothing much in that, but I just thought that was funny. That was my sense of fun. Anyway, uh, but the fact is that we see the negative. What say if we decide to see the positive and not to say, yay, pain, but God, I trust you in this. I choose joy. One thing that we saw in the nativity is the fact that people came, the shepherds came. They came and worshipped. That's an important part of joy, positioning ourselves, singing those songs, reading God's word, positioning ourselves to hear what God was, would say to us. Because we see in the life of Jesus as he was preparing for his death, he said these amazing words in John 15, verse 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So here's our challenge. If Jesus truly is joy to the world, he's joy to your world. We have joy of the Lord. This is the big thing that God has done for us. But to make it personal, we go joy in the Lord. Our relationship with him. You can look at others and see their joy, but you'll experience it yourself when you move into that space that I choose joy. I will have the joy in the Lord. I will trust him for the things that are not understandable from me. But I will trust him to hold me. I was speaking to a young man last night and he said um, he wasn't looking forward to Christmas because his family were useless. Um, it was a lot of this and their people were un inauthentic and all of this. And I said to him, just stop for a minute. Think about this. This is all about you. You can choose. You choose how you're going to lean into this season. Be an example. Be that person that you want others to be for you. Choose something in each person that you're going to meet with tomorrow and rejoice. See that through the eyes of Jesus. Um, you, you have listened to many renditions of Joy to the World. I'm going to listen to one in just a moment. But I've got little joy boxes today, and there's, there's, I'm going to let you do it either, you can do it as a family or do it uh, one per person, they're in different tables, but you'll find there's a small box and there's also a green sheet, small card and a red one. 
What I want you to do is on the red one, think of something that's been painful that's happened during the year. Now, it won't take us long to think of something or disappointment and write that down, but then also write, but I choose joy. So it might be, this happened, but I choose joy. And then on the green sheet, what's something that you're going to do to position yourself to receive the joy in the Lord for you in 2023? And then you've got a little uh, bow that you can tie around it. It's designed that it can be popped onto a Christmas tree. Now, I know Christmas tree decorations are going down soon, but that's my point. Pack it away with your Christmas decorations, and next year when you pull out your little joy box, you can remember today where you made a choice today to choose joy. What does that mean for joy to the world for you and for you personally? Let me pray for you, then we're going to play a song while you can move around and do this, and then we will be finishing up our service pretty soon. Um, and then we'll move into those other joyful celebrations. But we don't want to miss the fact that joy to the world was God's gift to you. Joy in the Lord is a personal relationship with him. Father, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus. We thank you for those people that were part of the Christmas narrative that helped us see that they chose joy. They moved towards you. They came and worshipped you. We today want to come and worship you as our Saviour, as our Lord and as our King. Our world needs joy more than it ever has before. But it starts with us when we have joy in you because of what you're doing in us. Thank you for giving us what we don't deserve. Thank you for the gift of Jesus who changes everything for us. That solid foundation that we can build our life on. Help us to remain in him so that our joy may be complete. We want to adore you today, Jesus. In your name we pray because you are our source of joy. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to let that video roll. And then as that's going, you can move to the tables there. You've got pen. You can do it back at your seats if you want to. Pick up uh, two bits of paper, pen, little box, and a ribbon. And we can show you how to tie the ribbon up. But it's really thinking about red, something that's been painful this year, where God has you choosing joy. Uh, and something that you're looking forward to in 2023. How will you position yourself for joy? All right, let's go. Phil Wickham. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something significant when we start to think about joy. It changes something us on the inside. You know, it doesn't make us go yay for pain, but it says that God walks with us. We're seen, we're known, we're loved. And that changes everything, doesn't it? Even hugs change everything, don't they, Ellie? Yeah. So with our little uh, containers there, if you wanted to, to tie your bow off, let's, I can show you instruction there, as we can put the, the bow on the top and then we tie it round underneath and bring it back and then make another little bow or just tie a knot on the top. And so it just makes it like it can hang on the tree. 
if you want to, or leave it with a decoration so you know where it is in 12 months' time. You bring them back next Christmas Day. <laughs> Absolutely. We choose joy. Choose joy. Do you want a box? Catch. Oops. Oh, Michael got you. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the essence of the Christmas story. That's the essence of not just Christmas, but what Jesus has done. And we get to be joy bringers into other environments. You can light up a room. You can change situations when you bring the joy of the Lord because you do that not in your strength because Scripture clearly says to us the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let me pray for you here before we have a, um, a final song. We're going to sing joy to the world because we need to. Um, but these wonderful verses here from... Uh, Romans 15, and actually this is a verse that I have learned in English in Tereo, but I'll read it for you in English today because it, to me it's so important. It encapsulates what happens for me with joy. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. There's that key for us. Then you will overflow with confidence and hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have joy when we trust in Him. Thank you for listening to this message from the chapel in Teatitu. For more information about the chapel, please visit www.thechapel.org.nz or email info at thechapel.org.nz.